The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, welcome back to the First Cut Podcast. My name is Kyle Porter. I have Sean Martin on the line. He is currently uh, hollering at different people about uh, rookie rankings on the PGA Tour. This is very on-brand, and I'm not making any of it up, am I, Sean? Uh, can I get an official Chip welcome first? Well, Chip's not here. Chip's visceral scream? <laughs> Yours are a little more muted than, than Chip's like, hootie-hoos or whatever. I've had, <laughs> whatever a, I've had, a, I've had a, a 20-ounce cup of of uh of coffee and i monster no not a monster i can't get to to chip's level he is uh chip's traveling today he was in fort lauderdale at the mothership the cbs sports mothership um so yeah he's unfortunately not joining us but uh what's your you're you're yelling about these these pga tour rookie rankings who's your rookie of the year right now season ends today who's your rookie of the year uh colin morikawa I okay. think, I mean, to to put it pretty simply, it's a player vote, but it always just comes down to whichever rookie finishes higher in the FedEx Cup rankings. And usually there's one rookie each year that um, makes it to the Tour Championship, and that guy gets it pretty much automatically. It's it's never not happened. And really, I mean, Morikawa, he might do it. Uh, he's 46 in the standings. And if he or Wolf makes it, they'll set the record for fewest starts needed uh, to make it to the Tour Championship. It would be nine starts, which is pretty crazy to think about. Uh, you've got to feel bad. Like if you're one of these guys who's had 25 starts this year and you're just laboring away trying to crack the top 125 or top 70. Like, how does it feel that like this 22 year old kid, like a buck 60 pounds, comes out and just like is just waltzing his way to like the Tour Championship and then next year's Players and PGA Championship and going to Kapalua to start his year? Like, that's got to be pretty demoralizing. If you're a 40 year old guy who's been grinding for 20 years. Uh, just to keep your car, and this kid just walks out of nowhere and makes it look so easy. Tiger and Colin Morikawa might end the year with the same number of starts. Yeah. What does Tiger uh, have right now? I think he's got 10. I think he, yeah, he's higher than that. Uh, I'm going to use the old control F here. Tiger, uh, 10 starts. Uh, so I don't know about that. I mean, we'll see Tiger most likely in all three playoff events. I think, uh, you know, he took St. Jude off. He's had a couple weeks off to get his body right. Um, Hopefully we'll see him for all three weeks. I mean, I think I really do think he wants to get to the tour championship just to kind of be there to defend and kind of relive that moment. Because if he does get back to Atlanta and he's 27th right now in, in the standings, so he's got to do some work. But if he does get back, it'd be such a feel good week. And he always be asked about is the scene on 18. And um, I don't know, it'd be almost like a, I mean, the masters was a coronation, but like, I just feel like it'd be a, uh, just a, a good week and, and fun. You know, there's no cut, there's no pressure, and really, just people get to talk about how amazing last year's tour championship was. Yeah, 
And it would be it would be kind of a full circle thing from last year. I I really uh, I'm that's not the best a, way. Yeah, you're gonna make words. That's the that's what I was looking for. It, it's just a good kind of uh, ribbon on the whole thing. I'm not making that up. You actually were like right before I hit play or I hit record. You were uh, you were you were typing about uh, to somebody about PJ Tour Ricky rankings, which is uh, this is true. This whole conversation yeah. stemmed from. Um, I wanted to get your I wanted to get your thoughts on. So, your employer PJ Tour um, released the 2019 2020 schedule uh, earlier this week, and Chip and I kind of touched on it, not a ton. I just wanted to get kind of your thoughts about like what stood out, uh, what you liked. Um, so yeah, just what what was the what what was your big takeaway from the schedule release? Uh, this is going to sound super company man, but there's just there's like so many good events. I don't know what you do, and that's it's kind of the hard part of with the majors and the and the big events. You know, the season of championships, if you will, of like the players, the majors, the playoffs. Like they're so they come at you so quickly uh, that like it's it's hard to space out. You know what happens in between each week. You can if you're a top player who's in all those events, you can really only play one event in between those events. Um, on the plus side, like I was talking to my wife yesterday, and I was like, man, like the season's over in four weeks and like we can plan a vacation and uh, we get two, two full weeks off until the new season starts again. Like, so that is kind of nice there. And um, I get people, you know, griping about us changing the schedule to avoid football. Like what other sport modifies their schedule to avoid another sport. But I mean, in reality, I've talked to other colleagues about this too. Like you literally get replies on Twitter that are like, please stop uh football is on i don't care about golf <laughs> and like you just look at anything traffic reports uh engagements on twitter everything just plummets when football starts so i think it's unrealistic to be like oh let's just act like football doesn't exist and not let it affect our schedule so i mean you know august like i love baseball but it's really the only thing going at this time of year and so you got the dog days of, of summer with baseball um and then you've got, you know, some good golf tournaments, which, you know, whatever people think about the FedEx Cup playoffs, you can't deny that those three events bring strong fields and, and the biggest names. And so they're good watching just for that reason alone. Yeah, to me, it has less to do with the the football schedule than like, it's just nice that it ends a month earlier. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think that I don't know, man, like I, I it feels like that month makes a big difference. I remember a couple of years ago, I think it was uh I think it was in New York Times. It might have been it might have been the AP, but they did a story just about kind of the the slog of August and September uh, for the for like professional golfers. And I remember I think it was Henrik Stenson just talking about like we have to play so many events in a row. So to cut off a playoff event and to kind of flip some of these summer events into the fall, I just I just think the rhythm of it is better for those of us who cover for people who are fans. I, 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 to me, the football thing, like whatever. And I think the conversation about like what it does to the major season is it, it, that's a different conversation, but for the arc of it, I just, I just think that the the rhythm of it and and the length of it, I, I realize that there are the same number of tournaments or maybe even more now, but it's just different when you have fall events versus trying to jam everything into the summer and then having an uh, an elongated uh, playoff schedule. Yeah, and you get those kind of weird longer breaks where it's like it is a fast rhythm from like the players to the playoffs of like it just feels like things keep coming at you, but it also is kind of a predictable rhythm of like, all right, once a month we're going to have a big event instead of like 
uh, you've got the players and the Masters, and then you've got like six weeks off, and then the U.S. Open and the Open and the PGA, and and so there's just there is like that predictable rhythm, and I think that players when they get more used to it after a couple of years, like they'll know what they need to do. Of I need to play this many events between majors, and I need this many weeks off, and that kind of stuff. So I, I do like the kind of predictability of it. It's like a I don't know, like a heart rate monitor of like it kind of peaks with like a, a really big event and then maybe drops down a little bit and then peaks again. Um, and I think you're right about the fall. It makes the fall meteor, I feel like. Like it's just, you know, before if you skipped all the fall events, maybe you skipped like six events, so you didn't miss that much. But like now if you're a player, like you've probably got to consider at least playing one or two or else you're missing a, a ton of stuff. And I just like the fall events. They're pretty chill. Um, and it's a good time to kind of get to know the new rookies and new players off the Corn Ferry Tour. But like, to me, like you start the season at Greenbrier, like that that course is super cool and kind of carries that telecast no matter like who's in the field, just because it's a super cool old school Rainer course. Um, in the fall, it'll be great with like some foliage and um, you know the Sanderson. I think people, some people call it the fifth major, just because it's got that kind of chill vibe. Uh, <laughs> great trophy. Houston, when it moves to uh, the Doke, the Doke course, he's doing Brooks Kepka. That's going to be awesome, right in the, the center of, of town. I feel like um, that didn't get enough attention. That Kepka's like teaming up with Doke to do this course. And when you listen to Doke on the Friday podcast, he's like, "No, Brooks is like, at, like he's really involved. Like, and he has opinions. And he's and Tom Doke's a legendary golf course architect who's worked with Pete Dye and you know a lot of the, the biggest names there are. And he's been around for a long, long time. But um, he was like Kepka kind of illuminated my, me to some things and like and showed me like how top players think because Doke doesn't do courses that do tour events really he does uh like stuff like Bandon Dunes and, and places like that and, and redoes um country clubs so he learned some stuff even and I think it's cool because I think Brooks is um I think he's more maybe a cerebral player than we give him uh credit for I think that you know he expresses things simply because he sees them simply but I think like the mark of like intelligence is being able to make the complex simple. And I feel like Brooks does that. The, uh, the biggest, the most jarring, um, thing in the fall schedule is going from one week, going from humble Texas, which was my rival high school growing up. Shout out to Justin Ray. He didn't go there, but he's, he's also, uh, from Houston played baseball there. Um, so you go from humble Texas one week to, to Juju Island in Korea the next week. That is, uh, that's quite a it's uh, quite a flight. That's quite a trip to make. Hey, uh, Bush Intercontinental or whatever it's called has a great uh, international terminal, so it should be an easy commute. How do you say uh, that? J- Jeju Island, Juju Island. I think Jeju. I, yeah, Jeju. Okay. I, I, I yeah. I, I I need to not delve into the uh, the Asian the Asian swing is great, by the way. The Zozo is going to be lit. Uh, you got the skins game. <laughs> Uh, you've got that skins game uh, with what Rory Hideki Tiger and Jason Day. The the guy who runs Zozo is quite the character. His uh, his Twitter handle is you suck twenty twenty, which I don't know what that means, but it's interesting. Uh, or his Instagram handle, I'm sorry. Uh, he's like a fashion mogul or something, from what I understand. So I think the the Zozo is gonna be cool. I mean, if nothing else, you got Tiger playing. Uh, Rory, I mean, you got to pair Tiger committed. and Hideki together. You put Tiger and Hideki and like Ricky together, and I mean it would be just insanity. Is Ricky is, is Ricky playing? I can see that. I mean, he's part of his Japanese roots. He has a a tattoo in Japanese symbols. I don't know what it stands for or what it means, but like uh, he has a 
you know, he's very proud of his, his granddad and, and his granddad's uh, Japanese heritage. Yeah, I saw I saw Rory committed as well, which I guess makes sense because he's apparently part of that that skins game thing. Um, the the biggest thing for me, I think, so I got a, a couple of things, and this was true this year. Feel bad for the Valspar. It just it, it just it's it's tough. It's a tough deal for them because you go you go uh, API, you go players, and then you go Valspar, and then match play, and it's like, well, I mean. Are guys going to play a month straight? Like it just, it's just in a bad slot. And they became, I mean, we, we talked about this all year. They became such a, to me, it became like the springtime travelers, just a great event. Everybody was, was, you know, all about it. A lot of guys played Spieth won it. I mean, it was just a, it was a cool deal and they just get a little bit buried now because of the schedule. Um, the I, I think moving the WGC before so they so the the St. Jude was moved before the open next year. I yep. think that's I think that's great. And then you've got uh, the 3M moves to after the open. I, I think that switch is is uh, will be welcome and, and will be helpful for guys uh, just in, in planning their schedules. Um, yeah, and, and the thing, too, you got to realize with this schedule is you have the Olympics. So <clears throat> I think the real interesting thing will be the schedule after this one where you don't, you know, lessons have kind of been learned about what works, what doesn't, and then you don't have the Olympics to cram in there uh, uh, as well. So I think definitely that, you know, the Olympics comes once every four years, obviously, and so that affects things as well. So I think I'm really interested to see the schedule after that, uh, to be honest, just because again, this is going to be jammed uh, full of stuff because you do have that special event that happens only 25% of the time. The Zozo is going to be lit is our new uh, podcast intro, I think. We don't, we're not even going to have music anymore. Just you saying the Zozo is going to be lit. Uh, I wanted to talk about... So, Are you worried about Matthew Wolf's commute from Royal St. George's to TPC Twin Cities to the Olympics? Well... Because he's got he's, he's to defend, and then obviously he's going to win the gold medal. Yeah, he uh, have you the 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 Olympics is so funny to me because you've got guys like like Ricky's not in it for the U.S. I think JT's like not in it, but then for other countries you have guys who are like it, it's just a weird deal because it's not the sixty best guys, it's like twelve of the best guys and then thirty guys that you've never heard of. Yeah, um, and I I do hope I think it was great seeing like Rose and Stenson you know win medals and, and Kucher, but I do you know you you got I would love to see like a fight for third for like it's like Raheel Ganji and like I don't know uh, just you know two guys from countries where winning a medal I mean would really really change things and and just be a huge deal like I I would love to see just that random uh, you know golf country that's not a golf powerhouse to try to get a medal yeah i uh wolf needs to see if if uh, hovland can get him some like um like like what, what do you what am i what's the word i'm looking for like see if he can get status in a different country yeah well chris Kamen did it with the german basketball team <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah uh, i mean by the way norway norway's like a golf powerhouse now with Hovland yeah. and then Christopher Ventura dominating the Corn Ferry Tour. I know. These are golden days for uh, Norwegian <laughs> golf. Uh, okay, let's talk about this, uh, your boy, uh, 
Monday Q info, a case of the golf one on Twitter at a case of the golf one. He covers, he, he, he basically stole your life and, uh, and covers, um, Monday qualifiers. Once he started doing his thing, I gave up. I was like, I can't invest. My job will not allow me to invest this much time into this. And you're very good at it. So you have it. Also, he told me that he told me surprisingly, I was the first person that like figured out what the handle meant. So a case of the golf because he covers Monday qualifiers. So a case of the Mondays, like from office space. So I, I don't know. I was a little bit disappointed in people when I heard that, but Wait, I don't, very clever. I don't, I don't get it though. Golf one. Well, I, yeah, maybe there's already a case of the golf, which would be interesting. So you just, you know. Yeah. But what, how, why does it mean Monday? Like what, what, what is, have you ever seen office space? Yeah. So the, a case of the Mondays, like, Oh, it looks like somebody has a case of the Mondays. There's just that guy in every office who, I know you work from a shed, but like when you're in an office, like when you come in on Monday, there's that stereotypical guy who's like, oh, somebody has a case of the Monday. Yeah, I know what it means, but I don't understand so, how. Because he covers how... Monday qualifiers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, it's, it's two minutes of my life I want back. Yeah. I remember explaining my first joke to somebody. <laughs> I, I'm kidding about him. He, when I say, when I say he stole your life in, in a perfect world, you would only cover Monday qualifiers and uh, Hideki's career trajectory. Um, and NCAA is in U.S. Amateur. <laughs> NCAA is in U.S. Amateur. He does an unbelievable job. I, uh, I I don't know who he is. I think you've had more interaction actually, with him. Yeah, I've reached out to him. Uh, he's great, man. I talked to him a fair amount. He did a couple of podcasts. I think he did Will Haskett's uh, By the Numbers podcast or Perfect Number podcast and then the Fried Egg pod. And so – uh, we text occasionally just because we have random golf conversations, but he's great. Basically, he's a stay-at-home dad, and so to kind of fill some of the time, uh, he has started this this uh, account here, and it's been hugely successful. It's already got like seventeen thousand Twitter followers, and I think it's only been going for a couple years. Yeah, yeah, he he's he's blown up this year, and and good for him because he does a great job. Anyway, he put out these stats, and I want to read a couple of them to you. So he he was looking at. Uh, guys that Monday qualify into these PGA Tour events, and the average medalist score for 2019 or 2018-19 season was 64.66. The average last spot score was 66.42. So if on average you're shooting 67s on Monday qualifiers, you are not getting in. Uh, the you highest, cra- the craziest thing though, and I wish he had done this. I did it for a little while this season, but when you do the average score the people shoot on monday to get in the tournament and then their average score in the tournament it's like a five stroke difference at least and so it's, it's kind of a good barometer of like the difference in what shoot you know what you shoot like a normal kind of everyday course because like the monday qualifier courses like they're not set up for it it's just pretty much your standard you know what you get um at a, a country club when you show up on a random day whereas obviously a tour course is different and so it kind of shows the disparity and it's like a five or six stroke difference i mean you have guys who shoot 64 on monday to get in and then they shoot you know 74 75 and miss the cut yeah yeah that's a good point um so for all you guys shooting 67 in your home course uh maybe don't go pro just try to play the <laughs> mid-am or something for your city so the, hi- the highest score for the last spot uh of the year was was 71 and he kind of went through like he, he, he did this cool thing where he went through every Monday qualifier, and if you shot this number, you could have shot basically 20 rounds in the 60s and then once a 72, and you would have never gotten in uh, through a Monday qualifier, which is just, I mean, it, it's 
it's insane to look at it. Anyway, everybody should go follow at a case of the golf and then the number one. Uh, he's great, but just wanted to get kind of your, I don't know, just your take on on some of those numbers and and your 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 takeaway from those stats that he put out there. I mean, I I think my biggest one is just that there's no part of me that would want to be a professional golfer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, look, the perks are great if you're amazing, but it is there's I mean, we all think we're better than we are at golf. Uh, and like, but you see it with college, like you see so many guys, just, like basically everyone who plays division one, it feels like just kind of goes pro, uh, just, and I get it. You've devoted your whole life to this one thing and, and it got you a college scholarship. And, you know, you've seen guys you've played against, you know, now go out on tour. Like, I'm sure there's plenty of guys who played with Colin Morikawa and they're like, dude, I've beat him every once in a while. Like this is easy. Um, and so I get it. You have to give it a run. You have to give it a try. You've devoted so much to it, but it's so hard. And I'm like, if, and you know, everyone thinks there's like the Zach Johnson example or, you know, guys like that. But I'm like, if you were the number three guy on like your mid major team, like, uh, you shouldn't go pro <laughs> like, sorry. I mean, <laughs> and I, I mean, they should, I mean, give it a run. I don't want to, you know, there are random guys who make it and maybe I'm just too risk averse. And like, you're, you're just destroying the worlds of, of, I'm sure I'll get some DMS. Hopeful college kids everywhere. This is dis- this, this disgusts me. This is not, this is not it's, what you're about. It's just so, it's so hard. It is hard. Yeah. No, I, I literally, as, as we're speaking, Conrad Ray, the head coach of Stanford, the NCAA champions this year, uh, who played with Tiger and yeah, he's won two NCAA titles at Stanford, literally took that Monday qualifier tweet and quote tweet it and just said, go to school boys. Like, so I'm not the only one. I, uh, I have some backup here that popped yeah. my timeline. The algorithm must've heard the, our conversation knowing <laughs> I needed some backup. I saw Conrad Ray at the, uh, at the US open this year. He was just, just, Walking around Pebble, maybe following Brandon Wu. You know, I asked maybe him, following... probably, probably following Brandon Wu. I asked him uh, which was bigger for recruiting, winning an NCLA title or being on a No Laying Up video. And he just kind of laughed. So I'm not sure that <laughs> they might be about equal. They probably are. Uh, so the thing I was thinking about in relation to this tweet is I, I want to get your thoughts because you're closer to this. You've covered every different like type of path to get to the PGA tour. And obviously Monday qualifying in is one way, um, you know, doing the corn fr- there, there's, there's, and, and I, it, it's hard to like keep track of all of them and you can kind of mix and match some of them. But what do you think is the easiest path to, to the tour with the caveat that obviously they're all difficult, but what do you think is the easiest or maybe most standard? And then what do you think is the most difficult way to get your PGA tour card? Cause we've seen Colin Morikawa do it. We've seen Matthew Wolf do it. We've seen Victor Hovland, try and do it what what to you is the easiest way and what is the hardest way to get your card well so there's two really kind of ways that if you turn pro in june out of college there's like two ways to try to do it and that's to you know get sponsor exemptions on the pga tour and crack the top 200 in the fedex and that gets you in the corn Ferry finals uh or you can try to get on the web and crack the top 75 on the web bunny list and and really the pga tour route is a little bit easier only because when you're trying for top 200 like the guys around 200 in the fedex cup list are only guys who've like competed part of the year like haven't played a full season you know they're older guys who are splitting time with the champions tour or um do you know who's yeah, number just, 200 right now uh i know vj is like 197 yeah who's 200 ben crane yeah and so you just have you're you're not competing against guys who are playing a full season for the most part 
Whereas uh, if you're trying for top 75 in the web, you're playing against guys who um, who are, are playing a full season. Like, yeah. And so you're playing against guys who've had more starts than you. Um, and so really, I think if you can get those PJ Tour exemptions, you know, we saw, you know, Hovland's going to get in the Corn Ferry final. So really, even though Hovland, unless he finishes like first or second this week, doesn't have his tour card wrapped up for next year. He does have a spot in the corn Ferry finals and there's 25 tour cards to compete for there. So as long as he keeps playing the way he has, we probably should see him on tour next year. Um, what, what is he right now? And is he like one, one sixties, one seventies, something like that? I think so. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's safe. He could miss the cut this week. He'd still be in those events. So he doesn't have anything yeah. to worry about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, and that's the nice thing about, you know, obviously Q school went away and there was controversy about that just cause you know, you, you lose the story of like the plumber who, you know, goes to Q school every year and then he gets his tour card. And, and those are really fun stories and they are really cool. I also think they're less likely to happen now. Like, you know, now you've got, it, it's just the, the level of, of play necessary to play on the PGA tour is higher, I would say. And, and I think it's just harder for like, just some random guy to go to Q school and get a tour card. Um, and then, and then compete on tour after he gets it. So with the, this corn Ferry tour final system, like, you know, a guy who turns pro in June, as long as he can get to the finals, like he can have a tour card and be playing in a tour event as a member in October or September now. So really yeah. the, the turnaround's pretty quick. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think the thing about that is there's just, so you only get those sponsors exemptions one time, right? Like you were a star in college, you come out, you get all these exemptions and I feel like it's just, it becomes, and this is why what, what Morikawa and Wolf and, and Hovland, all of them have done is so impressive because there's so much pressure on those seven starts or those five starts or what, wh however many you take. Cause yeah. you don't get, you don't get that again. It's like, if you, no. it, I mean, it's, it's kind of the Norman Zhang deal. If you, if you miss out on those, I mean, that's it. Like you're going to you're, you're tr then you're like battling to get on the corn ferry or, or, or whatever. And uh, I don't know. That is a lot of pressure for somebody who three months ago was worried about like how they were going to, you know, get to the NCAAs in, you know, Arkansas or whatever. Yeah. And I think, too, you look at the flip side, like, let's say Justin Suh, who turned pro with those guys, um, you know, this year and was, you know, he, he did the, the press conference with them at travelers and he's been kind of lumped in. Cause I mean, Justin saw was a number one amateur in the world and had a great career at USC. Um, he hasn't had nearly the success that he's had. He's missed most of his cuts. So he's looking at Q school. And like, if he doesn't get into Q school, it's like, well then what maybe Mondaying for corn ferry events. So like you do have, you know, Morikawa, Wolf, Hovland, get all the attention. They've made it look easy, but like, Justin saw like he has a very hard road ahead of him and yeah. and no safety net if he doesn't make it. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. Um, I want to talk about, I want to keep talking about, uh, Wolf and Morikawa and Hovland, but first, uh, let's hear from, uh, from our sponsor. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me 
often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I, I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, first time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Okay, Sean, um, give me, is there, so the, the Morikawa thing, so he wins Barracuda last week. Obviously, Wolf wins 3M Open. Hovland's been great. He's he's maybe been the most consistent out of all of them. I guess Morikawa probably has, but Hovland's got three straight top 20s. Is there, is there a historical precedent for three guys as rookies, like coming in in the summer, getting all these sponsor exemptions and playing as well as these guys have it. I, I, I can't remember. I mean, I mean, you might get like one guy, maybe I don't remember it, it being like this with two or three guys. Can you remember yeah, anything? I feel like you used to get like one guy every few years. Like when Bud Colley did it, it had been a few years since someone else had done it. Um, no, having two guys win as non-members on sponsor exemptions where like they're coming straight out of college. Um, not like they've, you know, they've played 10 years on the European tour, but no, it hasn't happened. It is unprecedented. And with Hovland, too. I mean, to have three guys turn pro in June and have tour cards by September, uh, yeah, is unheard of. And, you know, we've tried to find different ways to quantify it. Like, fewest, you know, two guys winning within their first 10 starts on the PGA Tour, but then you got to also take out pro starts. So it's hard to actually, like, whittle down the numbers to verify it. But, I mean, no one can think of anything or remember anything like this. Why do you think – so I was looking at the odds this week, and, and Morikawa and Wolf are – or excuse me, Morikawa and Hovland are much bigger favorites to win Wyndham than, uh, than Wolf is. Why do you think that yeah, is? I think Wolf just hasn't shown the consistency. So he had the win at 3M, obviously. Um, but outside that, I mean, he played pretty well at um, FedEx last week. I think it's just he hasn't had the consistency. And also, Sedgefield is a shorter course. Um, it's an old Donald Ross. It's a really cool historic track. So also it takes away a lot of the advantage off the tee, which is where he gains a lot of his strokes. So 3M was perfectly suited for him because he could pretty much 
hit driver all over the place uh not wildly but just like hit driver uh, bomb it gain strokes off the tee that way whereas Sedgefield is not gonna be able to do that so you have to gain strokes the other parts of your game and you know his putting has not been too great uh as a pro and he came out you know people said his iron game is really good but outside of 3m it, it hasn't been um probably his best um and, it, and he still has a little work to do with distance control on shorter clubs uh, so a course where kind of you're playing for position and then also having to hit a lot of scoring clubs like wedges and stuff maybe doesn't suit his strengths. Um, but a place where you can, you know, bomb driver and then take advantage of the par fives with a six iron and then a lot of long par fours, uh, you know, where you have to hit good mid irons and you can make birdies where other guys might struggle. Like those are the courses where he's really going to pick up strokes on the field. How about this stat? Uh, so to start the year, Brian Harmon's number 54 in the world in the OWGR. Uh, Colin Morikawa is number 2006. And Alba Morikawa is ranked uh, six spots ahead of him. Colin Morikawa is the number 90 player in the world. Yeah. And it's one of those things, too, where the world ranking has a minimum divisor of 40. So, like, if you've only played one event, the points you earn are divided by 40 no matter what. So it is going to help him continue to rise very quickly because – you know, the, the divisor doesn't change, but also it holds him back because if you only divided the points he'd earned by the starts he'd made, he'd be like top 20 in the world. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh, OK, speaking of Wyndham, are you are you still typing about about rookie rankings? No, no. OK. Uh, speaking of Wyndham, uh, always it's it's always fun. It's always a good event. Uh, it's always interesting. There's always like some compelling storylines. We had Zach Blair a couple of years ago. We had, I mean, just you know, the top 125 gets a lot of attention, but also the top 200 guys that are outside that top 200. Who it's like that to me. That's a bigger deal than than the 125 thing. Yeah, because um, that gets you in the Corn Ferry Finals, and you can at least compete for a tour card and have a chance to get back on tour. Um, and then at worst get corn fairy status. Whereas if you finish outside top 200, you're going to second stage of Q school. And like, I mean, you look at like Martin pillar last year, finished 126, Uh, and then he's 207 in the standings this year. And he's second alternate right now. And he tried to Monday mystify one, but if he doesn't get in, like he's going to second stage of Q school. And if he misses there, like he'll have some really low level, uh, corn fairy status. But basically like, I mean, there's a lot of uncertainties for a guy who almost, kept his card last year can you imagine somebody just randomly listening somebody who didn't like an alien listening to this podcast and hearing the phrases the zozo is going to be lit in corn fairy status and just being like what, what i don't understand any of this i feel like uh we definitely probably go down to some different topics when like you and chip versus me and you so there's probably some people that are just sitting there like what are these guys talking about <laughs> corn fairy status is just like we're like we don't it, it's not weird to us because we talk about it all the time but like just just stepping outside of it and thinking about like that phrase is just i don't know it's hilarious um okay what are what are your what are your big storylines for when not not big storylines just storylines that you are personally interested in going into Wyndham. i mean the 125 is definitely the big one and, and it, it does get a little muddied i mean obviously you need to be 125 to get in the playoffs but like Austin Cook at 126, since he has a winner's exemption, uh, he's you know he's going to be exempt on tour next year, so he's got a little bit of a safety net. But like Richie Wierenski at 127, uh, not the case. You know Peter Uline at 130, 
go that poke. one's crazy that one's crazy to me yeah um i just i thought i thought he, he won, would be better than that <clears throat> he won in the corn Ferry finals to get his tour card it seemed like you know he was going to come back and 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 do well and, and it's been a slow go so far um daniel berger at 131 i mean like two years ago he was playing in the president's cup at liberty national now he's got to uh play well this week just to get back to liberty national and avoid going to again those corn Ferry finals yeah um so which is pretty crazy i think robert streb 124 played very well last week he was 144th uh going into the barracuda finished third uh and so he's at 124 so it, it's cool to see some of those guys make you know those late rallies to keep their cards what about like the the group of, of euro guys and these are some guys that chip and i talked about but like the the alex noren the martin keimer where it's like okay they don't have exemption but also they have the euro tour to to sort of fall back on right like i mean that and i mean like noren in his world ranking i mean right now he is it's loading but he's top 15 he's 44th in the world so at the same time like he could lose his card but then if he stays in the top 50 you're still going to see him at majors and wgc's and so he very well could keep his card or regain his card next year just by how he plays in um you know the invitational events like the memorial and the arnold palmer and the majors and the wgc so for a guy like him, like losing a card, yeah, it's a big deal. But also, like if he can stay in the top fifty in the world, he'll have again like that safety net. And I think that speaks to like how hard it. We we talk about this all the time, but once you're in the top fifty, it's almost hard to fall out of it. Especially when you get to like I think he was like twenty or eighteen or twenty four or something like that. You just get so many auto, or it. It's so easy to get points when you're in that group. That yeah. It gets it gets almost difficult to fall out of the top fifty. Yeah, I mean it's definitely a, like it's definitely two different tours. It's definitely um, I mean, you're on a whole different schedule when you're top fifty in the world than when you're outside of it. Okay, what else, Wyndham? Anything else? Uh, I mean, I think you know one twenty six to one fifty is also big just because you know that is conditional status for next year, so that guarantees yeah. you getting into events. Um, I mean, it's crazy. You look at like. I mean, some of those names, like Harris English at 151, uh, he played well at Wyndham to keep his card last year. Uh, Zach Johnson's 152, he has never missed the playoffs, so he needs a good week just to do that. Um, Jimmy Walker is 155. I mean, those guys will have status, of course, because they've won on tour, but just A, them missing the playoffs, but then B, I mean, having to, you know, Zach won the the Open in 2015, so he's fine, and, and Jimmy won the 2016 PGA, but um, so they'll be exempt, but it's just crazy. Some of these names that won't be in the playoffs. Um, so, you know, you have guys down there like, uh, Kramer Hickok, uh, Scott Langley's holding down 150. Um, just some familiar names that, I mean, Brendan Steele is 169. So you have some names that are pretty far down there, to be honest. Well, and, and those guys, I, I think one of the, the benefits for them of the new schedule is that if, if, if you have, these good events like let's take wells fargo which is kind of now jammed between the masters and the u.s open it's an event that normally stars and superstars would play and if they're not because of the kind of revamped major schedule then some of these guys with conditional status are getting into better tournaments than they otherwise would on a different schedule yeah um i definitely think so i think because you kind of have that uh I mean, because the majors are so close together, like, for example, Xander didn't play between the U.S. Open and the Open Championship. Right, right. Um, and other, guy, other guys did that. So you do have, 
opportunities in the summer, especially the European guys go overseas to play the links events. Um, you know, other guys just take a fair amount of time off between the two events. So you do have more opportunity, especially in the summer. It gets really hard from March, really from February to I'd say May almost because guys come over here. They start to come over for the Florida swing and then the players uh, and then the masters and PGA. So you'll have a lot of European players or international players, you know, filling up the fields. But then in the summer, you know, guys kind of go back abroad and so there's more of those opportunities. But because the majors are so close together, you know, some guys are like, well, I only have to play once between the two majors to stay fresh. So that means there's two events where in that time period where guys aren't playing because, you know, they don't need to play two times between majors to stay fresh and stay ready. How crazy is it? I was thinking about this this morning. I was driving to the gym. I was thinking about this. Uh, I work out, by the way. Um, <laughs> Jimmy Walker has won a major more recently than Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy. Yeah. It's just, it's so weird. Like, it's just, I, like, I know that to be true. And I was, I was specifically thinking about it with DJ. Cause you're like, I oh, yeah, D, you know, DJ mate. And, but you're like, yeah, Jimmy Walker has, and that was always my favorite stat with the tiger Phil thing is, is Phil's won a, or tigers won a, uh, now what was it? Tigers won a tournament more recently than Phil until Phil won Mexico last year. Also break news off the Twitter desk. Uh, tiger has tweeted that he is going to play both the, uh, Northern trust and the BMW. Uh, and obviously I assume the tour championship, if he makes it, I, there would be no reason he wouldn't play. He just doesn't want to be presumptive. Uh, so he will go he's, three. He's, he's locked into those FedEx cup rankings right now, trying to figure out the math to get into the tour championship. You know, what's crazy for me though, is we're going to Liberty national, like tiger's history at Liberty national is that photo. Do you remember of him on his hands and knees after he hit that fairway wood? in uh, yeah. 2013 yeah. like that was one of the most jarring images of his injury history it was him on his hands and knees after he hit that fairy wood that was at liberty that, national. that was that was, was at in, liberty national yeah he was in contention uh in the last round um and just went to his knees and that was kind of i think really one of the first like um signs of how bad things were were headed and then also it was that president's cup presser two years ago where he was like i don't know you know, I don't know what the future holds for me. I could see myself not playing golf. Yeah. Um, so now you have that. And then this year he's going to arrive as the master's champion. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Um, I might, okay. I might have to tweet that. We'll last, get off the, the line here. If you hear some typing, it's probably what I'm doing. Last, this is the last thing. Just give me, give me like two more minutes. Actually, before uh, that, he lost to Heath Slocum by a shot. Man. Of course. Who could forget right, that? Right to sell. Yeah. It's it's time it's time for our perfect finish presented by Amstel Light. Uh, Sean, other than you firing off this tweet this weekend, what is your perfect finish for the uh, the the Wyndham Championship? Uh, I want to say, uh, can I say Morikawa or Wolf winning? Well, I, yeah. I mean, I feel like I say that every week. I've got Hoffman no. winning. Well, here's the thing. The big thing for me is I'm on a big push. I think that I think we should put both Morikawa and Wolf on the President's Cup team now. Uh, are you are you an assistant captain? Yeah, we yeah. Uh, I did tweet. I did. I ta I tagged Tiger in a tweet saying that we should do as much. So hopefully he saw. I'm sure he saw it. 
uh, and I'm sure he's you know filed it away. Um, but I don't know. I mean, both guys have won in very short order. Um, I just think that Wolf played an amateur event at Royal Melbourne in January. So I don't of know what more he, he has. He has course knowledge. Of course. Uh, Morikawa is basically like Ben Hogan 2.0. And then, uh, yeah, I I don't know. I'm just, I ride hard for them to be on the President's Cup team. I think they'd be a great infusion of energy. I think, I mean, you pair them together, right? It would be awesome. Um, So that's my perfect finish. But I guess you're saying that doesn't count. Honestly, I think a speed. No, it does. No, it does. Okay. Get, yeah, yeah. Speed, speed led the field in birdies last week. That's crazy to me. Is uh, is Hovland going to be on the? Well, now I guess he would have to be a, on the European. I guess that he'd be Ryder Cup, not Presidents Cup. Never mind. I don't know, but we can talk about that Norwegian World Cup team. Yeah, they're going to be sick. I know they might be the favorites. They might wear. They <laughs> might just wear orange and black instead of the instead of the color instead of the Norwegian flag. <laughs> Just carry their Oklahoma State bags. Yeah, why not? Uh, Oklahoma no, last... State should get a team in the World Cup every year. <laughs> Just will you will you please tag uh, Tiger in your Heath Slocum tweet? <laughs> what if Tiger really? What if he did? Like he got notifications from, let's say, verify when a verified account mentions him, and just what if he? I was hoping he actually did see the Wolf Morikawa thing. Uh, I know he didn't, but I like to think of a world where I'm influencing his captain's picks. <laughs> Just let me dream. Okay, my my perfect finish, real quick, is Hovland joining Wolf and Morikawa. I think he can finish second and get into uh, the 125. Is that right? I think so. Yeah, I think that's right. So finish one or two at the Wyndham, get into uh, get into the playoffs, and get his card for for 2020. Well, he wouldn't get in the playoffs. He'd have to win to get in the playoffs. But it is crazy. I mean, he's finished top 16 in four of his five starts on the PJ Tour. One of those was an amateur. Uh, that's like an amazing, amazing run for a kid straight out of college, and he's the reigning U.S. Amateur champion. And, like, he's an afterthought now. It's like, yeah, I mean, Hovland, it's cute. It's a nice season. Like, most years be like, this kid's amazing. Like, look what he's doing. We can't wait to watch him try to compete for a tour card. Now it's like, yeah, no, I mean, it's cool, It's but, yeah, you know. I know, I know. And that has been the perfect finish brought to you by Amstel Light. At the end of any round, you know what the perfect finish is. It's in a nice bottle of Amstel Light. Uh, Sean, thanks for your time, man. It's been, uh, we've been on the phone for like an hour now, just hollering about ridiculous things like corn fairy status. Uh, get your Heath Slocum tweet fired off. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll talk It'll be there you. by the time this hits people's feeds. Don't you worry, uh, fans. <laughs> I'll talk to you later on. All right. See ya.